conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion. Hello there, folks. Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast about feet. I am Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always is the big toe of the show, Anna Otto. Aww. How are you, Anna? Thank you, Dan. Um, I was repulsed when you said that this show was all about feet because I knew that was going to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you made it better by saying I was the big toe because, you know, the big toe is important for balance. Dan. It is. I'm really happy you took that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Were you were you not meaning it as a compliment? I wasn't meaning it as a compliment or an insult. I was just trying to come up with something foot related. Oh well, yeah, the big toe is the most important for balance. Would that make me the heel? No, you could be the pinky toe. <laughs> most likely to get stubbed. Not yes, kidding. perfect. <laughs> oh no, oh, God's gosh. making me choke on my own spit. Yeah, you deserve it. Um, how are you? Good, 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 good. You know, I was just um, musing over gummy bears. What? And like gummy, gummy things. Okay. Um, I think I think that uh, lemon sometimes is not as sour of a sour gummy bear flavor as oranges. That's, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't eat gummy bears all that often, so mm. I'm not sure, but I did eat an entire bag of, of those Starburst jelly beans. That oh, they have. so to gauge. So to gauge. The, loves them. This weekend, I ate the whole bag, um, oh. which was terrible for They're me. Good, if they tasted delicious. I don't think, maybe it's just because it was Starburst, but the yellow was definitely more sour than the orange. Yeah, no, this is like sour gummies because Gage mm. got some sour gummy bunnies. I don't know. I just maybe it's because I eat so many lemon flavored things because lemon's my favorite flavor. Oh, great. Could I mail you all the lemon sweet tarts? Because I hate those. Oh, my God. Yes. Yellow's the best one. Whenever I open a package and it's all yellows, I get really excited. Oh, no. Lemon's the worst. Yes. Blue and red are the best. Oh, God. No, Dan. Your taste buds are screwed up. Absolutely not. This is. I, I mean, you're right. You've done the wrong formula, but you've come to the right <laughs> answer. No, I just, I only like, Gage and I are really good about sharing candy because I only eat the citrus flavors. Uh-huh. And he doesn't like the citrus flavors. Well, so like when he has, yeah, when and he, whenever he has gummy things, I always eat like lime. I'm kind of on the fence about, but like lemon and orange for sure I'll eat. Gage mm-hmm. doesn't even like citrus scents. He just doesn't like citrus. This is a Gage roasting podcast. Yeah. What, what kind of a man doesn't like citrus scents? I know. A Shrek no of a No boyfriend man. of mine. True. For those of you who don't know, Gage played Shrek in a performance of the musical Shrek. Anna played <laughs> all three I like blind how you mice. I was the blind mice. Well, aren't there multiple or is there just one? It's three. No, there's yeah, three. three blind mice. 
Okay, we're off topic. To continue being off topic, um, I have gotten, I need to count right now, I have gotten, I think, 17 emails today. Ew, saying, why? Well, I've gotten more than 17 emails because I'm very popular, meaning mm. I never unsubscribe from email lists and I have six email addresses that I cycle through. Um, Jesus. But I've gotten so many emails from Steam support because someone or a group of people from multiple countries are trying to log into the Steam account that I have not opened in five years that has no credit card attached to it. So they're going to be really disappointed when they find out that I just have a downloaded copy of Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's just like, here's your here's your one-time code to use. And I'm like, none of these logins are me, but I don't really care. It's more funny than anything, because if they ever crack it, they'll be really disappointed. I'm sorry, Dan. I, I truly don't know what to say to you. Um, I just, like I said, I just have people trying to email me to get me to sign up for an interview with a scam job, so. Yours at least have a interactivity to them. I guess. I'm not going to join, though. I just see out the window to the world that people are trying to steal from me. But my defenses (laughs) are too strong because I forgot the password. And the username. I don't know how to log into that account. Well... I feel like if accounts should just deactivate after a certain amount of, like, unactivity. Mm-hmm. Just to protect your, like... Data If or you something. did have a credit... Yeah, a credit card attached to it, even though you don't. Like, if you did, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think they should deactivate maybe, like, four years. Yeah, that sounds like a good amount of time. Speaking of four years, that's how long the bride is in a coma in the movie that we're talking about. Wait, before we even start, <laughs> do we think this is a feminist film? I, no, I do not. Okay, I just wanted to chat with you about that. We can chat some more later. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over the info and then we can talk about it. Because I, okay. I, I have a specific reason why I don't think it's a feminist film. And I'd love to hear about it. So the movie that we're talking about today is Kill Bill Volume 1, the first half of the Kill Bill duology, released... The first killing of Bill. (laughs) Released on October 10th, 2003, directed and written by Quentin Tarantino, starring Uma Thurman, Lucy Liu, Vivica Fox, Michael Madsen, Daryl Hannah, David Carradine, Sonny Chiba, Julia Dreyfus... Sorry, Julie Dreyfus. There's another Julie Dreyfus in Hollywood. Which um, I was so shook over. I was like looking for her. I was like, where's Julia Dreyfus? Where is she? Where is she? And then she wasn't in it. And I was like, so I've been had. Where's the Veep? Give me the Literally. Veep. Literally. Oh, there's just this French woman here. Boo. <laughs> Thumbs down. Uh, also starring Chiaki, Kuriyama, Gordon Liu, and Michael Parks. It had a budget of $30 million. It made $180.9 million. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a score of 85%. Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars, saying (gasps) that Quentin Tarantino so effortlessly and brilliantly in command of his technique that he reminds me of a virtuoso violinist racing through Flight of the Bumblebee, or maybe an accordion (gasps) prodigy setting a speed record for Lady of Spain. 
I mean that as a sincere compliment. This movie is not about anything at all except the skill and humor of its making. It's kind of brilliant. Hmm. That's very high praise from Roger Ebert. Yeah, I mean, it is high praise. I just, I guess... The movie opened with a quote, and it said it was Klingon. And I was just automatically... (laughs) I was automatically turned off. So maybe that's just me. However, I did. I think I liked it. I don't know, Dan. It's been several days, and I'm still not sure. Well, I can, to to speak for the Anna that is not on this episode, we watched it last night. She really liked it. Really? Very. I just think, I just think sometimes I have a hard time approaching action movies Mm -hmm. because I'm like, eh, like I appreciate the craft. I appreciate the work that the actors put in and learning all those moves and like, Everybody who made sure it was done safely so that nobody breaks their ankles like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Um, <laughs> Don't jump across buildings, kids. Yeah, for real. Um, but like sometimes with action movies, except for Fast and Furious, all of them, I get <laughs> I get kind of bored. <laughs> like I just check out when there's a big action scene because mm-hmm. it's just not. It doesn't entice me, but that's just preference. Like, I liked it otherwise. I thought it was kind of funny and, like, clever. Yeah. And I liked that it paid homage to, like, older movies and, like, cinematic history, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just, I thought it was interesting, yes. to say the least. Um, so, back to your question on whether or not it's a feminist film. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. A, because of harvey weinstein's involvement in it in general that's not the reason why um no that i was thinking of that i was like is he gonna mention harvey weinstein but um without the fact i mean like miramax created it which that's harvey's company i say that like you know i feel like i can use justice first name like he's trash so i can say that he doesn't deserve a last name no um, it's his company, but, like, that doesn't inherently make it, like, I think it can still be a feminist theme to a movie, mm-hmm. though the circumstances under which it was produced might not have been very friendly towards women. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And I think we'll we'll hit more on that in the second episode, because... Mm-hmm. Um, there is a stunt that is done in the second movie that has mm-hmm. had many repercussions for Uma Thurman and Quentin Tarantino uh, in the past now Ooh. 17 years since it was released. The um, absolute drama. Okay. I know. There's a it, Uma Thurman was interviewed for a New York Times piece in 2018 that mm-hmm. explains all of this. Uh, but I don't think that it is a feminist piece because i think it's try i think quentin tarantino is trying really hard to make it a feminist movie it's like Mm -hmm. the the he's trying so hard to be like 
I, I'm, I mean, nothing against Quentin Tarantino. I think he's a great filmmaker. I don't know him personally. I don't know Are you his sure? views. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm best friends with him. I mean, let's just take one moment, if I may interrupt. He's had the same editor for his whole career, and she's a woman, and we love it. That's his yes. go-to editor. Um, His former editor. She passed oh. away. Oh. Yeah. I did not know. May she rest in peace. She's an icon. She is. Okay. Um. But it kind of comes off to me like he's going, look at how, look at how feminist I am. That's not the right way to say it. That makes me sound like a, like one of those. I feel like I'm hearing him yell, I love women. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And we're all going, okay. Okay. It feels like you're trying too hard. Like, Quentin, please take five steps back and like a breath. Yeah. And, and do you think it, Quentin Tarantino, like all art aside, mm-hmm. I feel like, and now I'm about to make a sweeping judgment. So Great. nobody come for it. me because I'm not talking about you unless if the shoe fits, you know. Did somebody say feet? Do you think it's because, yeah. Do you think it's because Quentin makes films for snobby dudes who think they know everything about movies? That's and make that their whole personality? I, I don't, yeah, kind of. Am I wrong, Dan? I don't. I, I I would say he more makes movies for sixteen-year-olds um, who don't totally have a, a deep understanding of a lot of things. But True. They think I just that feel they like do. sometimes. I just feel like sometimes those those sixteen-year-olds grow up and they don't change their opinions. <laughs> anyway, I, I think I told you this, but I'll repeat it one more time. The time I saw a meme that said never cry over a boy who has a Pulp Fiction poster in his room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> anyway. I think it, it is probably very good for my mental development and health that mm-hmm. I didn't see a Quentin Tarantino movie until I was in my 20s. I was not. I, I didn't see it when I was in high school. Like I saw Fight Club when I was in middle school and that was probably mm-hmm. not good. But that was really the the only step that I took towards being one of, in quotes, those people. No, I feel you. I didn't see a Quentin Tarantino film until I was 23, 22. Mm-hmm. Just because, no, I was 22. Because I, when I took film classes in high school... My teacher was very strict about nothing too violent. Yeah, that kind of disqualifies Tarantino. Yeah, so we watched like Rudy and Forrest Gump and like stuff that's like beautiful cinematically and has like good points of it to talk about. But like no war films, no Saving Private Ryan. You watched the ABC Family film canon. Exactly. We got like... Yeah, it won an Oscar, but there's nothing too scandalous in it. Like, I don't think we even watched all of Forrest Gump because, you know, there's like the did Jenny rape him at the end of the movie controversy. And the did you even watch the Vietnam stuff or was that too hot and heavy? I think we watched it just because the only there's only a little bit of blood, you know, like it's not as bad as in this film. So that's true. Uh, if you are a bloodophobic, I don't know what it's called. 
Kill Bill is not the blood. movie for you. I'm scared but like, of blood, but I'm scared of real blood. Movie blood me doesn't too. affect me. No, it's literally corn syrup, friends. Yeah. Like, you're fine. This was probably colored water with the way it was spraying. Like, the way that they did the a lot of the blood effects in this movie went spurting out was condoms filled with, I assume, water and red food dye and fire extinguishers. Oh, fire to just make it spurt out like the volcano oh. blood effects that they have when they cut off a limb. God. Okay, well, I have a lot to say, but I feel like we should actually get into the actual plot of the movie. Yeah, we probably yeah. should. Let's do it, Dan, because I have things to say about every minute of this movie. Not really. There's some <laughs> parts where I just is like, there's just a lot of fighting and I... Okay, 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 okay. I'm already heated about something. No, it's about the it's end. the Vulcan when proverb? We... Oh, the end. No, it's the end. When you what? find out that they were, like, raping her when she's in the coma. Yeah, that's not the end. Is it? When no, I, when I, oh, no, it's in the middle, isn't it? It's kind of in the beginning. I'll just get into it. Uh, just get into it. Yeah. My whole life is a mess because I can't under like li- nonlinear movies confuse me. Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> okay, Grandma. Um, uh, Gage is like, you're not gonna like this. It's not linear, and I was like, just just explain it to me if I get confused. <laughs> just cut it, download it, Re- cut it, make it in order, and then we'll be good to go. Yeah, and we'll try again. Yeah. So the movie opens up in black and white. Uma Thurman bloodied beaten bruised battered about to be killed when she says whoever she is about to be killed by we don't know well we it's david carradine uh who we find out to be the eponymous bill um she she whispers in what she thinks is her dying breath that the baby is his and we all gasp we gasp and then she gets shot in the head i screamed i was like is she a ghost? So like... yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to Uma Thurman, seemingly alive, seemingly doing just fine, stopping outside a beautiful home in Pasadena. Um, yeah, gorgeous, truly. possibly be my dream home. I don't know. I love a good bungalow. Um, and she's there to kill Vivica A. Fox. Why? Because Vivica A. Fox was on her assassin team was part of the people that killed her. So Uma Thurman will have her revenge. Okay. I was dying when the daughter comes home and they're uh-huh. acting like everything's normal. And then they pause for a minute in the middle of the fight. Let's just be clear. There's a lot of fighting that happens. Yes. It's fighting. Um, but then they're in the kitchen and Vivica goes, okay, I got to fix my daughter her cereal. I'm like, her after-school snack is just a bowl of cereal? I just thought that was funny. And then and then at one point, they go back to fighting, and she picks up the cereal box and just starts shooting a gun out of it. I was yeah. dying, Dan. I was like, I cannot take this seriously. Literally, my notes. Oh, and when they say the bride's name, and it's like a redacted sound yeah. over it, I was like, this movie is already too much. I liked it for those parts. I'll say yeah. that. I liked it for the comical, over-the-top parts. Yeah. The the humor in this, I really enjoyed because it's so absurd. Mm-hmm. It, it starts off on a level that's already way past anything that could be realistic and mm-hmm. just gets weirder from there, which is the type of humor that I really enjoy. 
Um, now to drag the youth, not the, the humor that I see where people just post like a random meme with the word beans on it and then it's really deep fried. <laughs> I don't get not it. I don't understand it. What Today's does it mean? humor makes no sense to me. What are you doing, the youth? Youth? Comment with your response. Just your your neighbor, local neighborhood, twenty three year old boy asking what's happening with the youngsters. Anyway, do you want to know what happened on the episode of Mash that I was watching today? Oh God, what happened? Dan? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Oh um, God. So, in the fight, um, the bride and Vivica Fox they break stuff. Vivica Fox's daughter comes home. Brief distraction. They start hashing things out vivica fox somewhat apologizes more saying she was just doing her job uh the bride's like okay they start making plans on a time to meet they will dress in all black and meet at the baseball field at two in the morning (laughs) i i don't even know i was listening to this and i was like that sounds like a recipe to have the cops called on you in two seconds (laughs) That sounds like a recipe of what 17-year-olds do in high school and they're trying to be spooky on Halloween and they're trying uh, to haze literally, a freshman. Literally, speaking as someone who, my parents probably know this, but I once got pulled over for pulling into a park. I pulled into a park after nighttime uh-huh. because I was lost yeah. and I was with my boyfriend at the time and we were trying to pull Oh, up you were parking? Like a, you and your boyfriend we were parking weren't parking. Park? I swear to God, he was probably trying to dump me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like i was like he pulled over and we were trying to find like a gps because we were lost and i swear to you he was gonna dump me and we got a knock on the window and i burst into tears oh my god because <laughs> you're not supposed to be in the park after dark because <laughs> kids park yeah but anyway sorry i'm too innocent to do anything like that and i'm boring <laughs> that's my fun relatable story dan <laughs> relatable story for the teens um and then, as Anna said, Vivica Fox shoots at Uma Thurman through the cereal box. <laughs> I was box. deceased over the cereal. <laughs> oh, God. That had me dying, honestly. And Uma Thurman slices her up, slices and dices, chops her to death. Um, which her daughter, Vivica Fox's daughter, does end up seeing Uma Nikita. Thurman. Her name's Nikita. Nikita I know that because yes. that's the name of one of the dogs at the doggy daycare. Oh. <laughs> that's why i remembered it and, and she says to the girl look if you uh, hopefully this doesn't mess you up if it does come back when you're older i can't even imagine but like also i'd love to see a movie where she like goes and tries to avenge her mom yeah as an adult wouldn't yes. you love to because she's probably like our age now wouldn't you think if she was four in 2003 she'd be 21 22 yeah i would love to see that mm-hmm. i would love to see that uh, and then we flash back to four years earlier and the police are investigating the wedding chapel. Um, sitcom cops. These are sitcom characters in this movie. They are idiots. <laughs> Don't they, isn't the like deputy actually the, the sheriff's son? Yeah. And he like calls him dad or like daddy or <laughs> yes. something like that. Cause you know, in the South people call their parents daddy. They call her daddy. Um, 
I also, I forgot to mention that this movie is split up into chapters, so we're on chapter two right now. Oh, wait, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> um, when she goes back to the car and crosses off Vivica um, the list uh-huh. of people she has to kill, not to judge people's handwriting, but I swear to you on my life, no woman wrote that list. The handwriting <laughs> is too messy. I've seen plenty of men with neat handwriting, but this ain't it. <laughs> anyway, okay, now we're back to the cops. Yes, so the cops, they're like, there's been a, an execution-style massacre. Uh, nine people dead, bride, groom, preacher, basically everybody at the wedding, uh, including the piano player, who, if you saw in the background, the body played by Samuel L. Jackson. Shut up. No, seriously. I thought they said that the piano player was a woman. I don't think there was one of the bodies dead at the wedding was Samuel L. Jackson. Would they just like, Sam, you free? And he's like, yeah, I got nothing going on. <laughs> like He just rolls up. Hey, remember Pulp Fiction? You want to do that, <laughs> but just one second and no lines. He says, do I have to wear that wig again? Yes. Unless that was his real hair back then, in which case... I don't think Samuel L. Jackson looks good with hair, but anyway. <laughs> so uh, they find out that the bride is alive because she unintentionally spits in his face. Um, I love that. I honestly, if I was her, I'd do it again. Mm-hmm. He trash. He was saying some dirty things that yeah. I was not a fan of. Anyway, at the hospital where she is brought, uh, the mother from A Walk to Remember is there, this time with an Darryl. eye patch. Uh, Beautiful as a blonde in her natural hair. Yes. Nobody should have ever made her a brunette. Yes. It really does not work for her skin. As we established in Splash, absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has an eye patch in this movie, and when she sneaks in as a nurse, she has a Red Cross patch on her eye patch. I, Dan, again, when I tell you, I was dying over the Red Cross eye patch. I couldn't handle it. Uh, so she oh is there God. to finish the job on the bride. But then Charlie of Charlie's Angels calls and is like, let's maybe not do this. She's like, fine. And then four years pass and the bride, she's still in a coma. And you know what they do to women in long term comas in this facility? Which- Makes me absolutely want to crawl out of my skin and cry because I know it's a movie and it's probably not, hopefully not, I don't know. Like the fact I know it's in a movie, but it made me wonder if there are sick people out there who actually do this kind of stuff and it made me really sad. Sorry. There probably are and it's terrible. But what they do is an order Louis who is basically one of the one-off characters from It's Always Sunny Uh, Oh, no. He pimps out the comatose Uma Thurman to creepy truck drivers or what have you um, for sexual activities, which has been done multiple times because she doesn't have any working parts, as the orderly says, (sighs) or the nurse or whatever he is. Um, The trash scum of the earth says. It literally... Oh, sorry. I'm just heated. Heat on. Be a radiator. I, 
It just makes me so angry, Dan. And I know it's a movie. I know it's a movie, Anna. But like I said, like, you know, like, (sighs) film is a reflection of life as is theater. And so, like, there are terrible things that happen. But the fact that this happened in a movie means probably somewhere in some twisted place this has happened to somebody. And the thing of it is, sometimes those people, like, in comas never wake up. So who's going to report it? It's not like you're going to catch it unless they're literally in the act when you wake up. Anyway, sorry, everyone, for bringing the mood down. Now you know how I felt last night watching this scene until Uma Thurman acted like a badass. Well, let's get to it. Uma Thurman, she wakes up because a mosquito bites her, uh, and then she plays comatose again when a new John is brought in. Uh, But instead of just lying there and taking it, um, she bites his lower lip and severs it off. Good. And then all we see is after there's a cut, and she is covered in blood, and he is either comatose or dead, hopefully the latter. The orderly then comes in. Um, she picks up a knife and sla- slashes his heel. He falls to the ground and then she just goes to town on that guy's head in the door. You know we love a good Achilles slice in this house, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, um, Gage and I were watching this and he turns his head away right as she's about to do it. And I'm like, Literally, he's just standing in the doorway and Gage turns his head away. I was like, oh, she's about to slice his ankle, isn't she? And he was yeah. like, uh, I was like, she's about to slice his ankle. Because, you know, that's how <laughs> in Pet Cemetery, one of my favorite Stephen King books as well as mm. movies, even though Gage hates the movie because he thinks it's boring, but it's fine. I'll just cry about it. That's how little baby Gage gets the neighbors. He slices his Achilles tendons. Mm. So anyway, we should, we should probably do Pet Cemetery at some point. But you're not gonna like it. You're you're gonna be scared. Of course I'll be scared. I'm a pansy. You can come over and watch it with us, and it'll be fine. You will like it when I, I can, talk about how much I, can I love it. Cuddle under a blanket. I can like yeah, hide. Gage will hold you. Oh, perfect. What my dreams are being fulfilled at this moment. Yeah. Don't <laughs> um, worry. So. The bride, she drags her, she steals a wheelchair and rolls out to the pussy wagon. Uh, (laughs) I yelled. Gage goes, look what the car is called as it drove away in the opening scene. And I, (laughs) I said, no. (laughs) But like, also, I feel like that's super popular now. Like, I feel like a lot of people have those keychains and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I call my bicycle. Gross. (laughs) Gross. <laughs> I do have a. I had a sticker on my old bike, which I still have, but the bike is totally mm-hmm. busted. Um, yeah. Because I was at Summerfest one year, or and when I came out to my bike that night, somebody had put a sticker just like half on where you could mm-hmm. take it and put it on anything. It just said "Certified Badass" on it, and it was only oh. on my bike. And I was like, "Have I been chosen for something?" So. I put it on the back of the seat, kind of like a license plate. And okay. I, for about a year before the bike totally broke down, the chain split. It's so no. loose that if I go for a bump, I'm afraid that the front wheel is going to just fall off. Um, oh, God. On the back of the seat, it said certified badass. And it's, still, it's in the basement of my building right now. I just keep it there because I don't know You're- what to do with it. 
You're saying certified badass, but all I'm hearing is certified freak. Seven days a week, wet ass pussy wagon. Make, Make that, that pull out game. Pedal week. game week. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yours is better. Thank um, you. So she dry gets into the pussy wagon. She gets herself to move her legs. Move her big toe, and then she's able to move her legs. She's got the hard part down. The easy part is then learning to walk again, to quote the Foo Fighters. Listen. Listen. I am not one. I, okay. Yes, I am one. To complain about the logic in movies. Uh-huh. It would take years of therapy. Her muscles have atrophied. Four years of atrophy. One month like, of atrophy is a lot. Four years? I'm surprised years? she could even wheel herself somewhere. Like, your arms would probably be tired. Because you have no yeah. arm muscles either. Yeah. I was yelling. I was like, that's not how muscle atrophy works. People, people, pillow, Quentin. I have a complaint. There's something unrealistic in Kill Bill. Only one Mr. thing, Tarantino. <laughs> Only one part. Uh, so then we get to see the a, a beautifully animated. Um, what was that? <laughs> I don't. Anna, what was that? <laughs> Sneak into the bedroom, oh. and I didn't want her to go in there. Um, there's no stopping her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard her yell, and I was like, "Is everyone good?" <laughs> as good as it can be. Um, oh. So then we see a beautifully animated sequence of the origin of Oren Ishii. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's take a second to talk about. It was gorgeous. I was absolutely. Shook. It's and also I it was only... I'm sorry. The sa- it's the same <laughs> animation style to make a reference that everybody knows as the music video for "Breaking the Habit" by Linkin Park. <laughs> Guess I'm gonna have to go watch that tonight. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's three minutes long. It's not that difficult. Oh, yeah. There are some music videos nowadays that are like an hour. Did I watch the entire uh, Fall Out Boy? What is it? What was it called? They had a whole series of music videos that told a story. And one night mm. I just sat down. The Young Blood Chronicles, it's called. Do you want to know why it has the same style as Breaking the Habit? Why? Because the music video for Breaking the Habit uses an anime stylization, which was supervised by Kazuto Nakazawa, who had previously directed the animated segment of Kill Bill Volume 1. Ah, there it is. We Mm -hmm. got it. We did it, folks. Nailed it. Figured it it out. I mean, good on Linkin Park for grabbing somebody who actually knows what they're doing instead of just her during their way through it, I guess. And good on Quentin. Also, I applaud, you know, I doubt you could do something like this because of, like, child protection and stuff like that. But there's some Mm -hmm. heavy content that they cover in that scene. And I'm glad they didn't use children to show, like, to imply it or anything. I like that they use animation. I think that was the right choice. You know what I'm trying to say? Scar them. No! Dan, that's illegal. (laughs) And also morally wrong. Sure. That's the way it goes. Illegal and then morally wrong. Did you test that with the categorical imperative, Mr. Kant? Don't call me that. That's offensive. (laughs) Uh, So basically, 
her parents were murdered by the Yakuza as a child. Very bloodily. Um, okay, side note. The Yakuza have been, like, popping up a lot in all of my podcasts and stuff lately, and it's kind of scaring me. Like, are, oh, they, that's are weird. they coming for me? Like, What have you done? How I have don't you know. drawn their wrath? Them? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're uh, just trying to warn me of their appearance, their presence. Just reminding you, hey, so, like, we watch exist. It. It's us, the Yakuza. Yeah. We're near maybe, you in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Maybe it's just because, like, I've been watching a lot of... Gage has turned me into the biggest nerd I've ever met, so I've been watching a lot of, like, Japanese TV shows and movies. <laughs> we watched okay. this one on Netflix called Alice in Borderland, and I highly recommend it. Go watch it, friends. It's got subtitulos, but it's okay. It's good. You'll like it. And Guillermo del Toro says that if we don't watch things that are foreign, sometimes we're going to miss out a lot on a lot of good stuff. So I completely agree. And my big blind spot is the fact that I've only ever really watched two Japanese shows. Three, uh, Pokemon. No, I knew you were going to say Pokemon. Dragon Ball Z. No, you're a basic. And the original Ninja Warrior. The Japanese oh, Ninja Warrior. I love watched... it so much. Have you watched Hole in the Wall? Right? Is that what that's called? Yeah, I have. Love Ninja it. Warrior. Sasuke, as it's known in Japan. Um, oh, Sasuke. Isn't that a character from, from Naruto? Naruto? Yes. Yeah. Um, but Ninja Warrior, it, it's so much better than the American one. At least the, the, the cuts that they used to air on G4. Um, before they shut that channel down and then the, the ones that they clips that they have on YouTube because my big issue is in the American one they have all these sob stories for the athletes I don't care these aren't real people to me they yeah. are objects of sport for me to cheer for <laughs> not objects of sport Dan <laughs> well uh, but go at one watch point, Alice in Borderland I was friends on Facebook with like nine of the people that were on the original American Ninja Warrior when it was still like the American Ninja Challenge because they would just accept friend requests and I was friends with them. And they were, it was not fake accounts. I know it was the real ones. They were fake celebrities. That's why. Yeah. I've forgotten all their names now, so. Well, that's how it'd be, you know? Middle school me was fun. <laughs> I did it a guy once who added all people with the same name as him on Facebook. Did he start a group chat with all of them, too? No. <laughs> are you going to do that with all the other Dan O'Keefe's? There'd be a lot. There are so many Dan O'Keefe's. Why couldn't my name be like Ezekiel O'Keefe? There might be three others. I don't think Ezekiel's an Irish name, Dan. It's not. Why couldn't my name be Orenishi O'Keefe? That's There'd also be one, not... And it'd be me. Yeah. I'm the only natural born Anna Otto in America. What does that mean? Natural born Anna Otto? Were the other ones C-sections? No, they're all married into it. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Dan. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Yeah, all the other Anna Ottos were just removed. They weren't born. Uh, So already she she becomes the the head of the Yakuza um, by killing the head of the Yakuza. uh, And she grows up to be a world-class assassin. And a Um, beautiful Lucy Liu. Absolutely. Gorgeous. And then the bride, she's flying to Okinawa, Japan. On what I assume to be a claymation plane. Uh, 
the amount of of swords on this plane. There are so many swords. They're just plane. there. They just in allow the aisle. katanas on planes in Japan, just like all loosey goosey for fun. Mm-hmm. Like in Quentin Tarantino's Japan, you can't even take a blunt scissors on a plane. I mean. <laughs> Not that I know, but I do know because of knitting. So mm. you have to wear knitting needles around your neck like they're a necklace. And oh you can only gosh. bring wooden ones. Oh, my Lord. In case you were curious. I wasn't, but thank you for informing me. Now you know. <laughs> uh, so when the bride gets to Japan, she enters a sushi bar where uh, she has a, a very fun interaction uh, with the, the sushi chef, the man behind the bar, uh, and you know who's not having a fun interaction? His co-worker, who they just shout at each other for five minutes, and I love it. It's my favorite scene in the movie. It was exhausting. to. I mean, he seems yeah. <laughs> really, really nice, though, the guy behind the counter. He seems yeah. so sweet. So that's something I I really liked. <laughs> no. Yeah. Eventually, the bride reveals that she's there to look for Hattori Hanzo, who is him, and she needs some Japanese steel to kill vermin. That means she needs some swords, and guess what? He is a master sword maker. He leads her up to his attic, where he's got a ton of swords. She tests one out. He throws a baseball at her, and she slices it in half. Which is very shocking, since, you know, baseballs are thick. (laughs) <laughs> I come know. to in conclusion for this hard-hitting analysis of i have a lot of sports. deep thoughts <laughs> also um um sword picking was weirdly sensual it was very sensual i felt Double like I, also, I shouldn't be watching it i like know i was, intruding I was on like, something i was watching through my fingers i was like "Ooh, i'm looking at something i shouldn't be also she went for the red sword i would have gone for the green one right above it Mm -hmm. the yellow yellow matches her future outfit that's the only reason maybe she was going for like a ketchup and mustard look what can't i yawn no you can't i was trying to think a lemon and lime look if she went with the green (laughs) yeah sorry you froze i was thinking i was making a disgusting face I was thinking. I'm sorry. Gage and I do this thing. Once upon a time, we were sitting in bed and he had his eyes closed. And I said, wake up. And he goes, I was blinking. Can't a bitch blink? (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, can't a bitch yawn? But I was like, Dan's not going to know why I'm saying that. (laughs) Can't a bitch blink? No. So as a month later... Hanzo has made a new sword for her. Uh, the bride has spent her time training in this time. We don't see it. Uh, they have a solemn ceremony. He had a pact with God where he said they wouldn't make any more swords, but he's do- making this one because he supports the bride's mission, and that is to kill Bill. <gasps> that's it. That's <gasps> the end of the movie. That's the name, yep. so that's the end. <laughs> yeah, also, that's the climax. Bill is one of his students, right? Yes, we're led to assume that Bill was one of his students. Yeah, because he dramatically writes it in the condensation on the window, which I was like, why there? But 
Anna I guess there's said, nowhere else to write does it. Does it get that cold there? In Japan? That was her yeah, only doesn't question. it snow? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it mostly mountains? Um, so they're tropical. trying to kill Bill. No word on whether or not Ted is included in this murder quest. Goodbye. I'm turning this off. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you Catch imagine? me writing my spec script, Kill Ted. Crossover oh, between no. Uma Thurman and Keanu Reeves. Who says no? Both of them. Um, I bet Keanu would do it. He seems like a fun-loving guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anything anything fun. Just to, I, Come on, it can't be always avenging your dead puppy. You know what I mean? I have no idea what those movies are actually about. I'm just guessing. I think maybe at some point. You just gotta stop buying puppies if you know that this is gonna keep happening. Get a fish. Why are people bringing puppies down? Puppies don't deserve to be hurt like that. It's National Puppy Day. Is it? Well, yeah, but all dogs are puppies, (laughs) so it's National Dog Day. That's sound logic. Don't try to come for me, okay? Look, I did very poorly at proofs in geometry, Mm-hmm. And in philosophy, when we had to like analyze the logic of something, mm-hmm. I was terrible at it. So mm-hmm. I could not come at you at all. Also, did Thank you, you just see in the background my cat? No, but I hear jingling. What is she uh, doing? They, there's a, a jingling ball toy. Oh, Miss Poppy. I really love her. I need to meet her. She's great. She would run away and not come out for you. Maybe she would if I pretended to be a cat. Uh, It's me, meow meow. (laughs) We should probably talk about the climax of the movie. Okay, let's finish this movie up. (laughs) We've lost all our listeners because they think I'm a furry. Sorry, furries. Yeah, they they know you're a fury, so they think correctly. A fury? I wish. Yeah. You know what I said. I'm a guy fieri. Um, first of all, the flavor is gangster. Oh my god. Um, so she is already she is gets elected to the head of the council of the Yakuza bosses. One of them says, Hey, this is not right. She is half Chinese, Japanese, American. Those the, yep, that's half. Um She's thirds. Sure. No, she's fifty uh, percent so, Japanese, fifty percent Chinese, but her nationality is half like that's her heritage, but her nationality yes. is half American and half Japanese. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. That makes sense. She's dual citizenship. Her, yeah, her her dad was uh an army officer. Yeah. Or something of that sort. Uh so she beheads the dude and then she's like Don't do not disparage my heritage or I'll behead you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, we meet her lieutenants, Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, crazy teenager, and Johnny Mo. Wait, okay, you didn't say what Julia Louis Dreyfus's real name is. It's Sophie, Sophie Fatale. Fatale. That's my next dog's name. I swear That's to God. That's my drag name. The, ooh. That's a great drag name. Dan, can I do your drag makeup? I don't think for I Sophie Fatale. I think you really would. I, I really, I don't have pointed features. I will I like make you, you have, have pointed features. features. I can make it happen. All you need to do is carve it out with some makeup. I could. I think if we watched a couple of YouTube videos, we could figure it out. Maybe we might have to call in a couple like queens to help us. 
I don't have any off the top of my head, but I'm sure we could find some who are willing to help us out. If you or a loved one is a drag queen, please contact us. So we can do Dan's drag makeup. Yes. Send us an email at whatever our email address is at gmail.com. I don't remember. Just post on our group on Facebook. (laughs) Sure. Um, So the bride, she's in Tokyo. She's dressed in her yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow (sighs) leather. I can't do that one. You can't? No. Oh. Yellow leather, red leather, yellow. It's just hard. I can't do it. So she sees Sophie in the car and there's a flashback to Sophie talking on the phone while the bride is about to be summarily executed. Um, So uh, that's bad. And then (laughs) Oren and her subordinates arrive at the restaurant that they're going to where they're going to a private dining room. Uh, And at the bar, the bride sits and watches while the teens dance on the dance floor. And to quote the other Anna, that looks so fun. I said that too. That's literally exactly what I said. (laughs) It does look really fun. Oh, we are one. It looks so fun. I'd I'd be eating so much sushi and dancing my little butt off. I would spend so much money there because sushi does not stick with me for very long. Oh. And I feel like that dancing would work it right through me. I need oh, more good. sushi real fast. Good to know. Mm-hmm. In case anyone was curious. Yeah. So, also, Dan, did you like this part? Because they're they're uh, the guy who owns the restaurant is dressed like they Charlie mentioned Brown. Charlie Brown. Yeah. I I Charlie Brown. I did. I thought that was fun. Good. I thought um, of you. I was like, Dan probably loves this part. <laughs> if you look at your screen right now. You can oh my see God. Them wearing a Charlie Brown shirt. Yeah, I can also see uh, Curtis again, his busted ass glasses looking at me all. Sc- I had some Curtis today, <laughs> ate some of his brothers. He likes that. Ew. He's sick like that. Curtis is. He's a freak. The last episode. He's a freak cheese curd. Um, so, Oren <laughs> senses something wrong after the, the gang uh, gets done tormenting Charlie Brown. Uh, so she throws a, a dart through a paper wall. Uh, it was very scary. The bride. Very startled scary. Me. She almost hits the bride, but the bride jumps up and spiders her way up to the top of the wall. Uh, Gogo looks around, doesn't see anything. Gogo's uh, terrifying. Bride, I'm scared of her. The bride gets away, goes to the bathroom where she hears Auld Lang Syne, which is the ringtone of Sophie's phone. And then... With Sophie in tow, the bride announces her presence on the restaurant floor and says, basically, come and get me. I'm going to get you, so come and get me. And then I've got a a lot of fighting happens. There's a lot of blood and a lot of fighting. She cuts off Sophie's arm and Gage was like, laughing at me because i was like why is she thrashing so much and Gage was like if your arm was cut <laughs> off wouldn't you be thrashing in pain too i was like no <laughs> i've never You're experienced strong. pain that's false i have such a low pain tolerance <laughs> uh so in the fighting the bride basically has to fight 88 men uh and one crazy schoolgirl who has a ball and chain that opens with knives that she Yo, looks around i love that thing i was like that's I think it was, didn't Quentin Tarantino, Gage told me Quentin Tarantino got bonked on the head by that during he did, one of the yeah. takes. Yeah. In, in the one shot where she flips it out towards the camera, Tarantino mm-hmm. was right behind the camera and she hit him right in the head. 
Oh, well, I'm sure he was like, it's fine. It's good. We're getting there. You've seen him. Like, Do you think his skull is not eight inches thick? I think he's done enough cocaine that that did not face <laughs> him. Uh, so after a bloody and I'm just going to keep saying bloody because I cannot overstate There's no other word how much blood to describe there is it. in this fight. It's um, literally like a water park, but if all the water was replaced with blood. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It, there, are, there are these water pools by the dance floor that mm-hmm. we see at the beginning are clear, like water. And at the end, when she dispatches the last of what is the first wave of the crazy 88, uh, totally filled with blood. It's like they're swimming in Hawaiian punch. Yeah, they probably were, if we're being honest. That's probably I'd what it was. It. I would have loved it. Ew. Uh, no, thank you. Sickeningly sweet. Gross. Uh, so My stomach then, hurts just thinking about it. And then the second part of the fight, which I think is the coolest part, is when everybody is bathed in blue and fighting in silhouette. Oh, Very yeah. Cool. Gage told me that that's like um, an homage to how... Or wait, is that the part? Which is the black and white part? Is that what the black and white is the first half of the fight. Oh, um, my bad, my bad. I was thinking which, the wrong thing then. For two reasons. One, it's an homage to mm-hmm. how they would censor movies on TV and stuff uh, to get away with the amount of blood that they would put in them in theaters. Where mm-hmm. if they're, they're before foreign film ratings, uh, if they showed them on an American TV station, they'd need to censor them in some way. And putting it black and white made it a lot easier. And number two was to make sure that it got an R rating. Because if they had left it in full color, it would have been rated NC-17 and not released in theaters. Because AMC and Regal and the major movie chains did not show NC-17 movies. So mm-hmm. we get two for one there. Yeah. All right. Fun tidbit. Okay. Yeah. Now bathed in blue. Bathed in blue. More fighting, more blood. Basically, Uma Thurman has fought her way to the final boss. Mm-hmm. The final boss fight is outside in the snow. Very beautiful. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Definitely a soundstage. Very mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> I mean, um, just because it's inside doesn't mean it's not gorge, you know? That's true. Um, so, it is the bride versus Orem. They duel in the Japanese garden. They discuss things while fighting. I don't really remember what they say. Me either. To be honest. Uh, It's like coming. Oh, I know Gage said that there's one thing he really likes about this scene is that um, somebody, I can't remember which of them says, I think it's Lucy Liu's character says, um, I hope you saved your strength for the spider, else you won't last five minutes. And mm-hmm. from the time she says that till the time the fight ends is a little less than five minutes. Ooh, good editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love a good editor. Rip, 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 love rip, rip. Sally Mankey. Shout uh, out to women editors. You all rock. There are not enough of you. Absolutely. You're all beautiful. Thank you. I'm talking about <laughs> myself. Did you know? <laughs> Uh, wait, I'm looking you're a woman in the editor. Do you want to edit the podcast? Dan, you know I'm an editor. <laughs> I know, but do you want to edit the podcast? Say no. I know you want to say no. No, I don't. I don't want to edit the podcast. <laughs> it only takes like two seconds, right? I know. I don't do anything except for line them up together. I don't cut anything out. There unless you go. one of us has to run to the bathroom. Are you telling me to cut something out? Because you have something from your childhood that you share that you don't want anyone else to hear. 
I'll have you know, there have been times where I've been listening and I say, cut that out. And you don't cut it out. And I get <laughs> so heated. I'm like sitting in my bed stewing. I'm like, grumble, grumble, grumble. Dan, <laughs> my secret. I don't listen. It's fine. It's fine. I'll no one in cry. my family listens. No O'Keefe listens to this podcast. Listens. My mother. <laughs> Hello, Carol Barbato. Her name's Mary, you dummy. You yes, knew it that. Is. I you correct me every time and I get and it isn't wrong. Isn't Barb every time. Anna's mom's name? <laughs> I said Carol Barb. Oh. I gave it a two for one shot. Mm. Nope. Nope. You're thinking of your girlfriend's mom, who well, I'm friends with on same. Facebook because she thinks we look exactly alike. That's true. So to we wrap don't. up the movie, <laughs> um the bride loads Sophie into a car, uh basically so she could roll her down a snowy slope to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been tortured, cutting off the other arm. Um, Honestly, at least she sent her to the hospital, you know, bare minimum. Yeah. Bare minimum Twitter is quaking. Yeah, so she got the information for the other Vipers and the titular Bill, uh, as she writes up her death list five. Uh, Sophie talks to somebody whose face is not seen, but it's David Carradine. That was a rhyme. Uh, and she says that, she told the bride everything she knows. The bride kept her alive just so she could tell Bill in person all that happened and to warn him that soon all of them would be dead. And then Bill says, is she aware that her daughter is still alive? And I screamed. I screamed, Dan. If there is one way to make sure that I'm going to watch the second movie, it's to have a cliffhanger of that magnitude. I yelled. I was shook. I didn't expect to be that shook at the end of this movie, but I was. That's all. And that's I mean, it makes sense. Volume like, two. People one. have babies while they're in comas. Anyway, volume one. That's volume one. Um, in the credits, it says based on the characters created by U and T, which mm-hmm. are Uma Thurman and Quentin Tarantino, because they came up with the character of the bride while working on Pulp Fiction. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a very good movie. Just I liked it right off the bat. I liked it. There were parts I loved. There were parts I was bored because I don't like action all the time, but that's fair. To each their own. I think at some points, like I understand Quentin Tarantino said in an interview that his goal in this was to make an action movie, like a, fighting mm-hmm. the the plot is not of importance it's the the action and and things like that and i think he did a good job but at points it kind of feels like you're watching somebody else play a video game mm, yeah i feel you where especially, you want get yeah. in on the action but especially in the last fight i think before it gets to the the last fight feels like a, a level of video game you have wave one of enemies then you have the mini boss and then you have wave two of enemies and then you have the final boss mm-hmm. which it, it it works really well i the structure of it works really well i think it goes on a little long yeah it drags a bit but it's weird because i don't think the movie drags at all i think the movie itself runs very quickly especially the the music cues that we didn't mention when going over the plot but oh yeah well are, that's okay i 
I'm sensing that we have a different opinion on this, but I thought those were great. No, I I just didn't notice them as much, probably because it was my first time watching the movie. I don't know if it was your first time watching the movie. It was. Oh, yeah. Um, I was t- I was a little bit also distracted because Gage told me that all of the music was from Quinn's personal like library of music. So I was just <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out where I knew everything from. Um, the ones that stand out throughout the movie are mm-hmm. Battle Without Honor or Humanity, mm-hmm. um, which is like the badass fight entrance music that they then mm-hmm. used in commercials. Uh, that is from uh, a film called Another Battle, which is a 2000 Japanese Yakuza film. Mm. Um, woohoo by the 5678s. Yes, that one is, I knew. Woohoo, woohoo, because they used it in a Vonaphone commercial. Mm-hmm. And then Ironside, an excerpt of the theme from Ironside by Quincy Jones, which is the... Um. Um, synthesizer sounding song that they play a bunch of times never mind then you answered my question oh well there you go i'm guessing you were going to ask what was the synthesizer song yes yeah it's the theme from ironside starring perry mason raymond burr of course you know that someone of my age someone the same age as dan (laughs) yeah um i feel like i have dominated the conversation about my my opinions is there anything you want to add no um i guess i just wanted to explain why i was questioning whether or not you thought it was a feminist film Mm -hmm. um the only reason why i asked is because i feel like there are a lot of strong female characters in this movie um i know they are oftentimes pitted against each other which Mm -hmm. goes against the whole like idea but it's mostly women characters all the men are like little bit parts except for bill who you don't really hear talk a lot like he's a big character and so like yeah this movie isn't gonna pass the the test no it it does pass the test oh it does yeah oh you're right they have a conversation that's not about a man love that yeah what a low bar to clear i know one conversation but um i don't know like It just, there were a lot of really strong female characters who, yeah, they turn to violence and stuff to overcome their troubled pasts, but I don't know. I just think, it's not like I'm going to run and show this to a bunch of little kids or something, but I think it's cool to see women playing these tough roles that are traditionally played by men. Yes. Oh, I absolutely agree. But Um, then, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. But I was going to say, then there's the whole thing of it being a Miramax film, and that's something that's like a whole other level, and I don't even want to know if there was any drama going on in there. I can't even imagine, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's just something, that's where I was coming from, is like looking at this movie and going, wow, this is really cool, because you think of all the other cool action movies off the top of your head that score this well and are this popular, Mm -hmm. and they're all dominated by dudes, like, for the most part. Yes, absolutely. This is... Of a female-led action movie, mm-hmm. um, around the same time, if you're compared it to like Charlie's Angels, yeah. Jesus Christ! Because Charlie's is Angels so is entirely more... sexualized. Yeah, that's their whole thing. Yeah, this is like Charlie's Angels. The concept just flipped on its head, which mm-hmm. I really enjoy. 
I feel like the only one in the movie who's hot per se, like they're all beautiful women. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But I think um, Daryl Hannah's character is the only one who's quote unquote hot, but she's not doing it to please a man. Like, yeah, it's obvious they're all trying to have sex with Bill, mm-hmm. but she's dressing in a sexual way because it makes her feel powerful. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you don't have to watch the whole movie to understand that she dresses that way because she wants to, whereas the other women in the movie dress in a more casual way because they want to. Yes. So that, I mean, that's just something that I was really impressed with since you think of Quentin Tarantino movies, like I said, as being these, really violent, really over the top, really, you know, kind of not to assign gender roles to a movie, but kind of a more boy man thing. Absolutely. Oh yeah, of course. That's the, the absolutely the tag that they have to them. Mm -hmm. And anybody can like them. I mean, don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, Also, another thing that you have to add into Quentin Tarantino movies, the N word. This and Kill Bill Volume 2 are the only Tarantino movies that don't use the N-word. You can't see I get right it. now, but Anna's pain. I get it for Django. That's the only time I get it, because it's a movie about slavery. Slavery, yes. There's just no room for the N-word in my personal like opinion mm-hmm. um i'm not talking about slang like if people want to reclaim words for slang that's not you don't need my permission but you know like that's whatever that's on a person to person basis but personally as a white person even when i'm watching movies it just makes me uncomfortable. I just don't like mm-hmm. it. I mean, like as an actor, if somebody was like, okay, now you say the N word, I'd be like, <laughs> no, I'd be like, can I just first apologize to everyone in the room of any race, any gender, any orientation? I'm just going to apologize. Cause Imagine I imagine you on stage performing opening night and then you go, Hey everyone, I'm sorry. I got to say a word right now. Uh, mm-hmm. You snap back into character, you say it, and then you snap out again. Again, everyone, I'm really sorry about that. It was in the script. File that under reasons why I probably wasn't cast into Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but back to the, the, the feminist lens. Um, I was thinking about comparing this and comparing the She's Got Help scene from Avengers Endgame. Um, mm, I've not one seen scene. Avengers Endgame. Okay, it's good. There's a scene where basically all the female heroes love it uh, appear on screen at once. Um, mm. Thanos, or not Thanos, one of his henchmen is like, "You're not strong enough to beat me," or something. I don't know, something generic like that. Mm-hmm. And then one of the 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 women goes, "She's got help," and then all the the Marvel women. Um, start to fight against the evil together, uh, which I don't think is handled that well in the movie. I I get the scene that they're trying to go for the, um, 
it sounds derogatory when I say girl power. Sort no, of scene, it doesn't. I'll no, say it. it. Girl like power that. scene. Awesome. Um, I there's been like a thing lately where I've seen where people are like, if you don't, if it's a situation where if it was a group of men, you wouldn't say men. Don't say girl. But like, I still don't feel adult enough to refer to <laughs> Gage as like a man or like my friends as call women. him your man so friend. I'm like these are my girls. This is my boyfriend. You are my friend who is a boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're an adult. <laughs> I could rent a car. I can. We can book hotels. Like, but we're not adults. I'm not a woman. I mean, like, I'm gonna get a bunch of hate. I know I'm a woman. Everyone, don't worry. Oh, I, I thought you were going to bring adult. to Britney Spears. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I just don't feel mature enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, I would say girls' night or boys' night because Gage and I do that all the time. We refer to things as girls' night and boys' night when we hang out with our friends. So anyway. I mean, have you ever heard anybody go, hell yeah, woman's night? Hell yeah, men's night. <laughs> No, you're in the ladies' night. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. Yeah, but gentlemen's night just sounds like something Ew. illegal is going to happen. That sounds like there will be it's at so least gross. one pair of pants dropped to the floor. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. So anyway, I think that Kill Bill handles being a quote-unquote feminist movie um, much better than Avengers Endgame does, mm-hmm. but I don't think it is fully a feminist film I, partially yeah. because there's only one woman on the high level production team it's only true Nike. i guess i guess i would say it just has empowering moments in the script yeah i agree with that that is fair mm-hmm. okay and like uh, but- inherently things that portray women these women as strong and powerful yes. not necessarily good but strong and powerful. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> Which, like, we um, love to see it. Before we wrap this up, some trivia for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin Tarantino originally wanted to cast a Japanese actress to play Orenishi, but when he saw Shanghai Noon and Lucy Liu in that, he immediately changed her to a Chinese-Japanese-American so that she could play the part. Because she's American, right, Lucy Liu? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um... The House of Blue Leaves was allegedly in Tokyo, but it was filmed in the Shaw Brothers studio backlot in Hong Kong. Um, Originally, Tarantino wanted Michael Madsen to play Johnny Moe, Mm -hmm. uh, but he decided that Madsen would work better as Bill's brother, so he cast him to play Bud. The things that we will get to more in the next episode, Uma Thurman has nothing good to say about the movie, Especially oh. considering the events of 2018 with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. File that under yeah. reasons why I'm sure production for this movie was not stellar. No, and then... You know with all these powerful women who are strong and good actresses that he probably was in there. Oh, my being lord, yes. creepy and gross. And yeah. nobody did anything to stop him. Uh, and then lastly, the movie was originally meant, one and two were meant to be released as one movie, one four and a half hour movie. Uh, oh. But when they were nearing the end of production, they decided to split it into two, probably for the benefit of everyone. Mm-hmm. 
that's really all the trivia i don't have any like yeah. casting what ifs um well especially not if quentin and uma came up with this character together like she probably was the yeah. only pick i i have one mm-hmm. um warren Beatty was originally envisioned for the role of bill oh uh, and he was supposed to be a suave james bond type which is mm-hmm. not what he is uh, and kevin costner was offered the role but he had to mm-hmm. turn it down uh the other people who turned it down are jack nicholson oh burt reynolds mickey rourke and kurt russell mickey rourke yeah what did i just watch with oh we watched iron man 2 did you find your board god don't even don't just don't okay it's too painful Uh, anna would this movie be better worse or the same with Jonathan Taylor Thomas as, I mean, there's I would no say role Bill. for him. The orderly, the creepy orderly. No, there's no role for him. Yeah, it would be worse. There's just no place. Yeah, I think everyone, like, even down to the bit parts, like, I really think everyone was cast well and did well in their roles. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, I don't think there's there's room for Jimmy Stewart in here either. It's a tight cast. And the sword maker. I don't want to see Jimmy Stewart doing <laughs> a Japanese feels, accent. That feels racist, Dan. It feels like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're covering your eyes. He's not going to appear. I, I, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On a scale of one to five gratuitous blood spurts from a severed head, what do you give this movie? I'll give it a four just because I definitely thought going into it that I was just going to hate it and it was just going to suck. But Mm. because it had those funny moments added into it, I think that really helped me to... um, like to check into it more and also just like... Like I said, I really enjoyed seeing the women playing these tough, kick-ass, like, kind of at times scary and intimidating, strong people, which was really exciting because, again, no offense to men, I guess, but if it had been all men, I probably wouldn't have had as easy of a time checking into it, you know? First of all, how dare you? Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Apologize to the men. No, I, Sorry, I Curtis, agree completely. I guess. he's the only man he's the only man i've ever met (laughs) how about you dan um i'm with you four out of five i thought it was fun um way funnier than i think it has any right Mm -hmm. to be with just how absurd things get yes i'd Um, agree it's just I mean, it's, I don't know. I can't give it a five out of five because I think it's lacking in plot, but it's purposely lacking in plot. So I can't knock it for it. I just can't Exactly. It. It's just a long out, two hour long setup. Like that's literally yeah. all it is. Which it does very well, but mm-hmm. it it is what it is and it does what it does. Mm-hmm. So that's it for this week's. In conclusion, shockingly, we will be back next week with Kill Bill Volume 2, which will be Volume 40. This is the 43rd episode. 
Ah. Next week will be the 44th episode. If you grew up in the Chicagoland area and you had Comcast cable, you will know that 44 was the channel that Nickelodeon was on. Mm. Which is something. So we're going to get slimed next week. My Nickelodeon was on 56. Mm. So. I don't think we had a... Did we have anything on 56? I don't think we did. ESPN was 58 and Cartoon Network was 52. Oh, I just remember because 56, 4. So I had um, what is now Spectrum cable when mm-hmm. I was little, Time Warner. So it was 56 was Nickelodeon, 57 was Cartoon Network, 58 was Disney Channel. So that was pretty. Man, they grouped them up. That was smart. That was really kind of them to do since I was little and stupid and I just, you know. Here I am hitting buttons trying to figure out how things work. <laughs> Where's the Pokemon channel? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so if you like the show and you want to support us, you can follow us on the internet on Facebook and Twitter at and in conclusion on Instagram at in conclusion podcast. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe 86. And I also host Fast Facts Live every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock central at fastfactslive.com. Anna, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Prime 818 or you can find me on Twitter at Autobots Rollout, capital O for auto, capital B for bots, capital R for roll, and the O in roll and the O in out are zeros. Can I make a plug, Dan? Absolutely. Hi, this plug is for the dog rescue I talk about all the time because they just took in a new dog. And he's going to have a lot of surgeries that he needs to have done because he was re- he was rescued after being attacked by an animal. And they thought he wasn't going to live, but he did. So if you have even $2 you want to donate to help pay for his surgeries and stuff, please donate them to Off the Chain MKE. His name's Tucker, and he's really handsome. So, Or no, it's Teddy. It's Teddy. His name's Teddy. Teddy. He's really handsome. So please help him to live his best life. Okay, thanks. I love dogs. Did you know? I, I did know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so donate to Teddy if you can. Uh, or us. <laughs> or or us. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash inconclusion. We have a new patron that I've meant to say thank you to. I'm gonna, who is it? One second. Let me log into Patreon so I can see who it is. I don't remember who. One second. I need to... This is me stalling for time, and I'm not going to cut this out because, oh, as I mentioned previously, I don't cut things out. Oh, good goodness. to see how the sausage gets made here. It's all hot and ready like Little Caesars. Yeah. I don't know what I was trying to say. I'm sorry. Ew. Thank you to our new patron, Chris Ward. Oh, it's probably Eliza. Chris doesn't listen. That's her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Unless thanks, Chris does Eliza. listen, in which case, thanks, Chris. Sorry, I just tried to throw you under a bus. <laughs> Thank you to either Chris or Eliza for becoming a patron. You can also get your name read once, probably two weeks after you become a patron. If you go to our <laughs> patreon.com slash in conclusion. And we're going to mail stickers out to patrons. Sorry, so. I've been so lazy. I've been so lazy. Eliza's the one who gave me the stickers, so she already <laughs> has one. But I'll give the stickers to other people. I, I'll i stop being lazy now, I promise. One so day. tune in next week for our conclusion to the Kill Bill duology, Kill Bill Volume 2. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, have fun, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Bye-bye. Bye.
Gladys is pathetic, if I'm being honest. The little stringlets just... Mm.